0: Hello, I am Crystal grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you have joined us before, welcome back. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Hello, Nora. Hi there. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: You know, I always feel like we're just chatting, and then all of a sudden I'm very, hello there. (laughs) (laughs) When really this is one of my... um, one of my conversations I'm really looking forward to because this is our second time to talk this week. And we will get to the reason we did earlier. But first, I would like for you to share a little bit about who you are and how you came to be an AOPI. So tell me your AOPI story.
1: Certainly. I am a Delta Rho from DePaul University in Chicago, it's on the north side of the city. I went through recruitment my sophomore year of college and during my time then i served as the secretary and chapter advisor once i graduated from depaul i did become an advisor for delta rove and i served for about five years in various advising positions i was then appointed as the network specialist of development for Beta-New at Illinois State, which was a fun experience to have, getting to help a chapter start from the ground up, and once my time was up with them, once they transitioned into the network, I worked with the foundation, um, Foundation Board as part of the Scholarship Committee Evaluators, and then most recently I have been appointed as the Network Specialist of Membership Growth for the new Network 10.
0: So, you have fit a lot into that description. Let me start at the beginning. You pledged as a sophomore. I did. So, tell me at your university, did you have the opportunity to pledge as a freshman?
1: We did. Um, I did not pledge as a freshman. The only reason being is that my roommate was a friend from high school. So I felt very much tied to my safety net that I had from high school. Um, So I realized my sophomore year that I really needed to branch out and meet new people. So I thought going through recruitment at that time would be a good opportunity.
0: So you know I will ask this question, since you had the opportunity to meet many members of Greek organizations on your campus since you had been there for a year, did you know going into it that you wanted to be an AOPI, or what was that experience like?
1: To be honest, I did not have the best recruitment experience only because during preff I got paired with a woman who did not speak. She said oh. hello, and then we just sat there in silence. Ironically, to this day, she is one of my best friends from college and out of <laughs> that has come out of the AOPI experience, and we text on the daily. Um, so I initially, what they called at the time, did what what was known as a suicide bin.
0: Oh, so sure. a single intention preference? Yes. Oh.
1: And I did not get paired with them. And so then I was offered a snap bid with pie. And I took the evening to think about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a chance. Um, the women that I did meet were great, wonderful women. And I'm like, you know what? I think they deserve that chance. So I went and I accepted my bid. And the rest is history.
0: So have you ever shared... With this woman that is now one of your dearest friends, this story, would she be surprised?
1: No. She will fully admit that she was a terrible recruiter, and she (laughs) then went on the next two years to be a a Rogamma during recruitment.
0: Oh, my goodness. So, I often tell sisters and friends that while the recruitment process I find to be very overwhelming, chaotic... Um, it, it creates this, this pressure almost to make these life decisions in very, very short bursts of time because we, we say to our women, you know, we want you to meet us over this certain number of minutes that are spread out over a few days or maybe a week for some of our chapters. But in the end, it's going to be for a lifetime. That's a little bit overwhelming, particularly as a young woman in college. And yet, I firmly believe that we end up in places we were meant to be. And I love this story about you because obviously, I think that you were meant to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Not only here in AOPI, but also here this evening. And, and Nora, I love that the experience isn't necessarily the one that is that very perfect, oh, I went in, I knew from the beginning, this was one big series of meeting friends and, and just knowing, because for many of our women, it's not. And then for you, to still be active and to be serving in so many different ways over these years since your graduation, I think speaks volumes about what the experience can then be for all of our members. So I love this. Now, we have known one another for many years but you are one of the women that I think to myself my goodness, I can't remember the first time. I just feel like I've always known you. And I know there had to be a beginning to it, but I do feel like it's kind of always been there.
1: It has been. (laughs) Um, I want us to be, it was a Founders Day when it was, I think you were either on the Properties Board or Foundation Board, and you came to Chicago to speak at the Founders Day celebration.
0: Oh my and goodness. And then
1: after the fact, a group of us went out to dinner and we just struck up a conversation and, and chatted the rest of the evening and had a wonderful, wonderful time.
0: So it really has been a lifetime ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that was, and that was before COVID when every day was a year, so it's fine. <laughs> Um, so, Nora, one of my favorite things about you, there are many, but one of them is that you have a passion for reading and for books. The other is that you are an only child. I do sometimes wonder <laughs> if that has anything to do with my passion for books and adventures and stories because I, I mean, I think all people with siblings or not can certainly enjoy reading, but it, But it seems to me that I loved it from the very beginning. We would take these long road trips. My grandparents and I, they were retired at the time, of course, and we would take off and literally, as I've shared on many occasions, we would open an old-fashioned Rand McNally roadmap. So for our listeners who don't know what that is, Google Rand McNally roadmaps. They were a real thing. <laughs> there were not cell phones back then. And, and we would pick a place, and we would start here in Mississippi, and we would drive to the Dakotas or to wherever. And obviously, back then, there was not Wi-Fi and all of these things in cars. So I would take this stack of books, like there would be an entire floorboard full of books, and that's what I would do on these road trips, and I've loved it ever since. It's just this, it, each one opens an entirely different world.
1: Yes, I agree. Uh, I have a very similar story. My As an only child, my parents and I would take long road trips as well. My parents loved to camp, so we had a camper that we would pull behind us, and we'd go to the Dakotas, Wyoming, all of those various Western states that we wanted to explore. And a day or two before we would take off, my mom would always um, either take me to the library or she'd take me to the bookstore. And, when I, and I would literally walk out with a stack of probably like five or six books because I would easily read one or two just on the way out there. Um, and the same thing, we'd go to the bookstore and it was kind of, it's a funny story during the school year, she would just pick a random day and she would and I put in quotes jokingly like punch me in the stomach and say you have a stomach ache today right I go oh, yes mom." okay I'm calling you into school and she'd call me into school and then we'd go spend the morning at the bookstore and we'd just spend hours looking through different titles and the sections and we'd grab a, a cookie and then we'd come home and then we'd just sit and read them
0: Oh my gosh, I love your... I need to be your mom. If my children <laughs> hear this, they're going to be like, Hey mom, punch me in the stomach. I can go right. to the bookstore today. <laughs> right. So then I have a question for you. Yeah. Because I am... there. I, I really would like to say I am a progressive person when it comes to things like technology... I, for what seems like decades, had one of those old-school nylon Kate Spade planners that you just ordered the refills every year. And and finally, I was um, encouraged and forced into an electronic, you know, my calendar's now on my phone, and it's shared with various people. And I, I committed to that for a year and promised that I would, would go back to a, a paper calendar where I could write in colors and highlights and all these different you know, symbols and designs that would mean something to me at the time. And I couldn't do it. Like when I, when I finished the one year with an electronic planner of sorts on my phone, whatever it was back then, I actually think it might've been a Blackberry, I don't know. And I, I couldn't go back to paper. And yet, I still love the feel of an actual book in my hands. I love to turn a page. And I know that sounds so old school. My mother-in-law, who is a retired English teacher and reads books at the rate you do, she makes fun of me because she won't have a paper book now, right? But I love it. And I wonder, what is your preference?
1: Uh, A physical book all the way. If you see me with an e-reader, you know I am desperately in need of a trip to the library or to the bookstore.
0: <laughs> and ironically,
1: I bought my first e-reader several years ago when it was um, the Nooks had just come out, and I bought it because I figured I'm like, okay, I'm ironically going to Nashville for it was either Leadership Institute or Leadership Academy. I'm like, this will be great to have on the plane. I won't be carrying anything clunky. I can read it even when they tell you to put your electronic devices in airplane mode. I immediately got home, I put it on a shelf, and I went back to my physical book.
0: Yes. You know, and, and I don't know why I am that way, but I do still love it. And shout out to libraries. If you still have one, please go check out books. I, I do believe that I am correct in saying that's part of how libraries maintain their funding is people actually checking books out of the library. So I'll give a plug to all public libraries. I think they are amazing. Ours here is equally wonderful. Many years ago, I served as what we call our friends at the library board and it was, it was a wonderful experience. So all the people should go check out all the books. But that brings me to what became quite an interesting experience for us during COVID and the pandemic. And that is that I'm not even sure what inspired me, but we must have had a a post or seen something. And I, I thought, I really would enjoy a book club. And as we were talking just a couple of minutes ago... Um, I did belong to a book club once, and I think we got two or three books in before it became a wine club. And we did not—we didn't even pretend to read any books after a little while. And and I do read them and love talking about them and hearing different perspectives. You know, it's very much like when when you talk about three different people seeing the same thing, and they all walk away with very different perspectives and stories to share with friends and family. I think the same is true for books. So I sent you this quick text message and was like, hey, we should have this book club online, pandemic, Zoom, all the good things. And you immediately said yes. And I really thought it would be, you know, the two of us and maybe two or three friends and we would have a little conversation. And then granted, Hundreds of people signed up for it, and I hope they read the book. But we had a couple or three dozen women come and join us for this Zoom event Tuesday evening, and I loved it. It
1: was wonderful. And it was I, so much more than I thought it would be, and I cannot wait for the next one.
0: Well, yeah, and I was, I, I don't know that I had specific expectations. But I loved the conversation. So, for those who have not read it and do not know, um, Celeste Ng, if I am saying that properly, Little Fires Everywhere, which I found to be a fascinating read. And, and, but yet, for as much as I thought I took away from it, there were so many different things that came up in that conversation that I thought, yes, and it completely changed my perspective
1: yes it almost to makes me want to go back and reread it <laughs> to like kind of pinpoint where they're saying oh well I thought this here or I thought that there and I'm like oh okay that's a different way of seeing it so maybe I should go back and reread it so I can see it through your eyes essentially
0: well and and so I will not give away anything for people who do not know the story of the book but it is it is it takes place in a in a town called Shaker Heights and I just assumed and that's a big word, should never do that. I just <laughs> assumed that this was a made up place somewhere on the map. And one of the women on the call, she says, Well, and in theory, when they had gone to court, it would have been in this county. And I thought, oh, wait here I am googling a map right Right. this is and it was a real place which added another dynamic for me in retrospect that that I find just tremendously interesting the other thing that I loved is that we did two different sessions Mm -hmm. and the conversations did not mirror one another
1: oh they were completely different
0: I just thought it was fascinating again, that that we were all reading the same book and that the perspectives were not even, it it wasn't even that they were dramatically different. It's just that the the points of interest were so specific for some people that, that were maybe things that I had not even realized were so intentional in the story or things that I had taken away as so intentional that I thought, well, maybe they really weren't. So, I would love to have that conversation with the author ever.
1: <laughs> yes, that would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it was very interesting the different takeaways that people discussed in our discussion. Yeah. I, again, I don't want like you said, I don't want to give anything away, but it was just it made me rethink a lot of the different plot lines in different ways.
0: Okay, so then this is my question. So, Little Fires Everywhere is a book, but as many people know, it is now a mini series of sorts, mm-hmm. right? Like, shout out yeah. to all the people that made that happen. Um, so, have you watched that mini series yet?
1: I have not. I was waiting to finish the book first because if I watch a series or a movie before I read the book, I'll never go read it. Same. Yes. So, I was waiting till we had our discussion, and I think that's going to be a summer fun escape for the next couple of weeks.
0: Well, so I agree with you, and it was really interesting because we had a mix of people who had seen it, and and actually they raved about the casting and and even the ending, which is apparently different. I don't know if I haven't watched it yet either. That's, you say the summary. That's my goal for the weekend. Like, I may not get out of my pajamas on Saturday so I can watch <laughs> this, but I am very, very interested because I also think, understanding that I am not a creative mind, like I cannot take this book and the story and then imagine these characters and how to bring it to life on screen. People that do that are just fascinating and talented to me.
1: Well, it's interesting that you say that because this book was part of Reese Witherspoon's book club And then her production company is the production company that put together the series. So her goal is to create um, discussion around strong women and strong characters in these stories. And then I believe she did um, the Big Little Lies series as well.
0: Yes. Okay. But I did watch that. And I did not watch the second season only because I think... I actually think that might have been my summer thing last year, but, but it was, but I had taken some time from the book. So I had read it when it first came out and then it was some time before it became a, a mini series of sorts or a television series. And so enough of the details had escaped me that I was literally like baited breath. And it was so funny. My husband, he laughs at me. He was just, You've seen this, right? Like you read the book, but it's not always the same. Right. And I hear that it is not in this series either. So I am very, very curious.
1: Yes, I am too. I'm excited to get watching it.
0: Yes. So, okay. We are going to have another one for people who are listening. Um, we don't know yet what, what, but it'll be in a few months. So in like the Septemberish range of life. Um, And then hopefully in the future, for any AOPIs who are authors and are listening, we do want to feature some AOPIs that um, may have written a book and would be willing to join us and answer all of our questions. I feel like Celeste would if she knew us, but... (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, now it is time to move on to other stories and books. Tell me, do you have... So, what are you reading now?
1: Currently, I am reading a book called Beach Read by Emily Henry. And it's the story of two authors. Um, You have January Andrews, who is a romance writer. And then you have Gus Everett, who is a literary fiction writer. And they end up escaping their worlds because they're having writer's block due to um, divorce deaths in the family. Uh, so they escape two separate cottages in Michigan. Well, it turns out they are rival writers go, dating back to their days in college.
0: Nice.
1: And so it's kind of their dynamic of how they're dealing with everything that's going around in their world. And also they challenge each other to write each, in each other's style. So he now has to write a romance novel, and she has to write literary fiction. And it's that like whoever has a, the most successful book, they they have some kind of bet that they have in the end. Um, so it's kind of it's a it's the title is perfect. It's a beach read. It's perfect for a lazy just go sit on my deck in the sunshine read. Um, it's a cute story. There's obviously some romance that plays into it as well. But it's been a it's been a fun fun read so far.
0: Well, you know, that's very interesting that you say that. Is there any romance in the Beach Read? Because I'm feeling like I need a little a little romance.
1: Yes, there is some romance okay. in there.
0: I love this. It doesn't always have to work out perfectly in the end, but I like to have a little bit of that.
1: I'm um, about 25 pages from the end, so I'm like, after this podcast, I'm going <laughs> to go and finish the book so I know how it is.
0: Okay, but did you read the ending first? <phone rings> You already know, don't you? (laughs) I'm (laughs)
1: guilty. I am terrible about that. I always read the last few pages because if I don't like the ending, I don't want to waste my time reading the book. I know, that's terrible (laughs) because you're supposed to be suspenseful through the book, but sometimes I'm just like, there's been a few times where I haven't done that and I've read the book and I'm like, okay, not a fan. I wish I could have read something that I would have gone through really fast. Oh, you
0: can That's funny. So, so it's interesting because I, I do that, I think more with movies. Mm-hmm. So I love going to see a movie with my youngest son that he has seen, because if I am anxious about something, I will lean over and say, okay, does this happen? And he, and he knows I really do want the answer. And he will say, you know, oh, I can't tell you. He'll say, yes, of course. Or, no, don't be ridiculous. And <laughs> so then I can enjoy the rest of the movie knowing. And, and I am not always that way about books, but I think that's particularly why I enjoyed Little Fires Everywhere. It's because I knew the ending, so I could enjoy the unfolding of the stories that brought us to that point.
1: Yes.
0: But I, I do occasionally do it for other books as well. <laughs> So I really cannot be passing judgment right now on you. <laughs>
1: I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah.
0: So tell me what is, I mean, you, you read a lot. We know this, but what is your favorite book? Do you have one?
1: Oh, that's, ooh, that's a tough, tough question. Cause I read such a variety that I kind of like different ones in each category I have to say, one of my favorite books would probably be Little Women. Oh, yeah. Love that story. Uh, Another one would probably be To Kill a Mockingbird.
0: Those are both really good stories.
1: I think a lot of it stems from uh, high school. I was in honors English, and we had to read a lot of those stories. And so I think that's kind of where it's my love for those types of books stemmed from. Because it was like, okay, you have these five, you need to read within the year. I know it's not something that I would normally pick for myself, so it kind of broadened my horizons on what I would pick.
0: But you know, Little Women was one of those stories for me, too. And I don't think I appreciated it as much as a young person. And then when the movie came out, I saw the movie, and came back and reread the book, and it just really took on such a different. Certainly, some of that is my age, right? Age, maturity, experience, all the things. But I really enjoyed that as an adult, also. But not all things have that been the case for. Wuthering Heights, I I disliked equally. As a young person, that I did. Like, I think that might have been our second. That may have been the reason we stopped reading at Book Club. <laughs> that may have just been it. Like, we're out. Where's the wine? But, but truly, but I will tell you one of my, I don't know if it's my, well, yeah, it probably is my favorite book of all times. And it is, it is a book, unusually enough, no, called Roses. And it is, it is, it's not a short little easy read, but it is Lila, L-E-I-L-A, if I'm saying that properly, Meacham, and she has written a series of various books, but they don't build on one another necessarily, but some of the family connections intertwine, and it is a love story for the generations, literally it spans decades, and it was Years ago, and I don't remember which Arizona convention, Trey had joined me for the weekend. I'm reading this book on the way home, so I I must not have been too tired. I don't know. And I am literally on the plane sobbing at one point. And my husband says, you have got to stop reading that book or people think like something is terribly wrong with our, like our lives when we get off this plane. And I was like, it's so beautiful, you know, It, but, but to this day, it is one of the few books that I have read more than once. And so I tell everyone they should always read
1: that. Um, I wrote it down so I can go back and read it.
0: Well, and I also wrote down Beach Read. So tell me, but of course, now let me say this. Rose's is is very different than what I am currently reading. I sent a note, if you have a local bookstore that you are wanting to support, please do this. Um, My, what I call local bookstore, is Oxford, Mississippi, where I went to college. Of course, you know, it is my favorite place on the planet. it even rivals Paris if we're being honest. And <laughs> and do you know that they did this program? I don't know if it was new during the pandemic or not, but you could fill out this short little questionnaire about what you wanted to read and you could decide if you wanted to add a gift or a package of coffee or a mug or whatever with it mm-hmm. and they would deliver it to you and you would get this surprise book in the mail and I I really just wrote I need a fun love story that is not about this pandemic. (laughs) Like, like I need something that is fun and happy and silly and great. And they they sent this book, The Roxy Letters, and it is hysterical. And it is told from, like, you are reading Roxy's letters to her tenant slash roommate slash ex-boyfriend.
1: Oh, okay.
0: it, is, it just tells about the things that she would tell him if she were not writing these letters. And it, it is. Just, at first it was almost disconcerting because I'm reading these letters and I thought, oh no, I just cannot read a book in this way and yet I can. And I love it and I have laughed out loud. Like it really is funny. So that is my newest fascination. And the one they just sent me <clears throat> is a book called Saint X. So that's going to be next up. And I was like, I would like a surprise. Send me something, a new release. And it had come out that week, so they dropped it in the mail. So support your local bookstore. And if you don't want to support your local bookstore, support Square Books in Oxford. They would love it. (laughs) So that is the fun stuff that is awaiting me. And I, I, I do very much enjoy it. My only challenge is that it is the thing I do to unwind in the evenings, except that sometimes I get so engaged. I don't unwind and then I don't go to bed.
1: <laughs> I have had that a time or two happen to me where I'm sitting there. I get in bed. I have my book. And the next thing I know, I look down It's 1231 o'clock and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be problematic tomorrow when I, my alarm goes off. That's not going to be pretty. That's exactly
0: right. <laughs> well, and there was a book I read recently. It was recommended by an AOPI sister and it was called American Dirt. <clears throat> and it's it's the story of immigration of, of this family. And, and I have to tell you that literally there were thunderstorms one night. It was about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I happened to wake up. So I thought, well, I'm awake now. I need to just read a bit. And I did. And it was so good. And then I thought, I cannot watch the sunrise. I am not 22 anymore. (laughs) I have to go to bed this second. It was wild. But it was a beautifully written book. I mean, it was truly a story that, that the writing captured me from literally page one. It was fascinating. So I also think everyone should read that book.
1: I actually just ordered it per your recommendation. So it should be here tomorrow. It will probably be my weekend read.
0: I will be very curious to see what you think, even if, and the story is sometimes a hard one to read. It is not light and fluffy, but it was just, I mean, there were moments that I cried along with the characters and there were moments that I literally found myself tensed up as they were tensed up and it was just beautifully written. And I think sometimes there are beautiful stories that are written well enough to know that they are beautiful. But when you find a story that is so beautifully written, it just captured me like one hasn't in a really long time. It was great. Okay. So, before we go, tell me, is there... Any one book that you are really hoping to get to? I know you read them all the time, but like, is there one thing that is still on your wish list that you haven't made it down in the stack to?
1: That is hard to say because... In quarantine, I read 17 books in two and a half months. Of course. So my know. stack has gotten very low. So I'm at the point where my library just opened up for curbside. So I'm like, okay, I'm searching Barnes & Noble. I'm searching Amazon for recommendations so I can try and get them through the library. Um, so we'll we'll see. That's going to be kind of a, a mystery. I think American. I'll start with American Dirt. And then we'll see where it goes from there.
0: Okay. Last question. Best book series you have read.
1: Harry Potter, no doubt. Yes. That was my one stipulation for convention last year as a friend of mine. um, Her and I met in college and we have become travel buddies because her husband is in the air force. So she's been stationed all across the country. Um, Currently she's in Oklahoma city, but then we'll be moving to Florida And so she likes to tag along for the first few days of convention because we go and explore wherever convention is being held. And her and I are both very big fans of Disney. We've gone a couple times together. But I said, this time, my one stipulation is I have to see all things Harry Potter. I go, you just have to. Because she has never read the series. She has seen one or two of the movies. She is not a huge fan of it. And so I'm like, you just have to you just have to go. You'll love it. So we went, we explored both sides of the park. I was literally in awe the whole time. And at the end of it, I asked her, I go, so what did you think of today? What did you think of all things Harry Potter? And she goes, you know what? She goes, I have to say I am now a fan. She goes, it makes me want to go back and read the story. She goes, but my main reason for being a fan is because I saw how you – just like this had this childlike wonder on your face because it was literally like I stepped into that series.
0: Well, and I think that people assume they are children's books, but I read them literally also for the same reasons uh, to go... And and I didn't make it to Universal. I don't know how that managed to be the case, but, but at any rate, I'll get there at some point. But that is why i read them. The children had, had read them the oldest, and then the youngest one started, but he had already seen all the movies. So he stops at book three, and I was hooked, kept reading, and thought, well, then I'll get to Universal at some point, and I haven't, but it's still on the bucket list. But, it, but I mean, I was grown woman in my 40s and oh this whole story was just fascinating Yes, I loved it and I, I think that one of the reasons I loved it is that anyone who is that creative and that brilliant it I just cannot imagine sitting down and having that much imagination I love every bit of it I wish I had that kind of imagination same yes <laughs> so
1: Nora and- did oh, you read me. the Golden Snitch?
0: No. I don't even know that, what that is.
1: No, it's Harry Potter and the Golden Snitch. It's the been turned into a musical on Broadway in New York. And oh. I went to New York in December and got to see it on Broadway. It's a two part show that is each session is three hours long, but the storytelling, the effects it was literally like a magical experience. You did not realize that you had spent six hours of your day in this theater watching Harry Potter, Voldemort, the Weasleys, like it was just fantastic. So if you ever plan on seeing that, I would read the screenplay first.
0: Okay. And then... I have now written this down because it will have to be added to my to-do list. Yes. I wonder if I can get my boys to sit for six hours in a theater. They may not do that even for Harry Potter.
1: You do give you breaks in between okay. so you and you can do it where if you wanted to you can like see part one on monday you can see part two on tuesday you can break it up that way oh, okay. uh, we just chose to do it all on one day because of the small amount of time that we were there sure. but you do get it um, you get a 20 minute intermission in the first three hours and then you get i think it's like a two-hour window in between. Uh, before you start the second
0: half. This is going to have to be added to my life's to-do list because while I want us to do it safely and to come back together as a country safely, I cannot wait to be back in the theaters on Broadway again. Like, I love everything about it. And again, because I have zero talent for it, but so much appreciation.
1: <laughs> so much. Well, whatever comes to Chicago, I will happily see it again. If and you and it. I will
0: <laughs> happily come and... T- look, That that's the other thing. So So I met um our dear friend and sister jesse Grimm, and we saw well, we are planning to see and we're getting ready because the devil wears prada is scheduled to be in your town in chicago for the pre-debut of broadway and then to go to broadway and i said well of course we must see them both <laughs> because that would make sense but i cannot wait i've only done that one other time and and it was just a wonderful experience. So yes, all the things. Nora, thank you so much. This has been a fun conversation. There are still so many of our sisters who have yet to be able to venture out into the world. And I wanted us to share this with them if you are not familiar with the AOPI Book Club, it was a wonderful experience. Um, you can look me up, inbox me, message me. I'll be happy to get that information out. Or you can join us um, via search on bookclubs, Z.com mm-hmm. It is out there. I would tell you I know a lot about it, but Nora's the one who manages all of those details. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Bookclubz.com. Bookclubz.com. See, that was and, a much better way to say AOPI it. AOPI Book Club aohi book club there see there you go just like that and so shameless plug for that because i did have a great time and for all the sisters out there who were a part of it thank you for joining us for that and we look forward to the next one in the fall to be announced and nora thank you thank you for spending your afternoon with me to to enjoy this conversation and i can't wait till we can do it again in person
1: thank you very much for having me it was a wonderful time, and I can't wait to see you as well.
0: And for everyone out there, as always, thank you for listening, and until next time, stay safe and be well.